The Leviathan Chronicles. An audio adventure. The story thus far. After posting leaked information about the Black Door Group on their conspiracy podcast, Jonah and Joshua, the hosts of True Theater Radio, barely escape with their lives being ambushed by Black Door assassins. The two men are soon contacted by Evangeline Liefrich who offers them protection from the Black Door Group, and presents the two men with the opportunity to work for Leviathan's, Eden Initiative as Immortals. The brothers are given precise rendezvous coordinates 240 miles southwest of Guam, near the Mariana Islands in the Philippian Sea, and are instructed to reach the location as discreetly as possible. Much to their shock, one and a half million dollars was deposited in their bank account, to assist them. Jonah and Joshua decide to purchase a slightly used De-456 long-range sailing yacht in Ensenada, Mexico and set sail for the destination. And now, Chapter 0.3, A Meeting with an Immortal. Ryan, drop the sail! This is the middle of nowhere. Sure, these are the coordinates that Evangeline gave you. She directly uploaded them to my cloud server. I've checked and triple checked. Well, maybe we need to check to see if the GPS is working. All of the equipment is almost brand new. It came with the boat. Yeah, I didn't think that was actually the problem. Well, I suppose we could eat something. I'm starving. I still got those two ribeyes. I can't think about food right now. All I can think about is Beck and the kids and if they're safe. Look. They're safe with the Kumba Potters in Mumbai. Everything's gonna be just fine, don't worry about it. And yet here we are, sailing across the Pacific Ocean, running away from the Black Door Group, expecting God knows what, and the only thing that truly matters to me is them. God, I miss them. Listen, would it make you feel better if I told you that you really didn't have a decision? I know you're right, but it doesn't mean I'm not second-guessing this whole business. What if nobody shows... What? How are you getting a signal out here? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, hello? Please stand clear for nautical submersion elevator. Nautical submersion elevator? Ask him how the phone works. Hello? They just hung up. They said stand clear for... Submersion elevator. <laughs> After you. The two men cautiously entered the craft. The interior felt less like a submarine, and more like a private luxury airliner. The high-back leather-upholstered chairs looked stitched by the finest craftsmen of a bygone era, and faced a massive observation window to the underwater view outside. This is incredible. This is not what I was expecting. Welcome, gentlemen. Please have a seat. You are free to move around the cabin if you like. 
A full cocktail bar is available to the starboard side of the craft, other food and refreshments are on the port side. Crawfish at Dufay has also been provided by special request from Sension. Enjoy the ride, and welcome to Leviathan. Crawfish at Dufay? Oh, hell yeah! I remember mentioning to Evangeline we were from New Orleans, but who is Sension? Don't you remember? He's a tall guy that goes by Kristoff on the surface. He's the one we're supposed to be meeting with. He paid for your cab ride to Newark Airport? Oh, right, right, right. Kristoff. How's the etouffee? Ugh. Aunt Karen isn't going to like this. Why? Imagine Aunt Karen's etouffee. Yeah, it's the best. Now add about a hundred years to make it even better than that. Oh, come on. I gotta try this. Holy shit, I was not prepared for that. Going down. The question is, how far? Our current location right now is right above the Mariana Trench, which is just over 6,000 fathoms. Thanks a lot, Jacques Cousteau. How much is that in feet for us, please? It's over 36,000 feet. What? That's like seven miles! Surely we aren't going that far. Well, after the last couple of weeks, nothing would surprise me. Good morning. This is the Leviathan Orientation Audio Program. This program has been designed to help new immortals know what to expect in their first few days upon arriving to Leviathan City. My name is Sension, and I'm one of the lieutenants of Leviathan and the chief social officer in charge of making your transition from surface life to life within Leviathan as smooth and enjoyable as possible. But first, congratulations on being selected by Evangeline to join a very select community. You're very lucky, and we in turn here in Leviathan are very lucky to be having you join us. You were chosen due to your unique skill set, whether you're a soldier, barber, priest, architect, painter, scholar, or cobbler. You will no doubt contribute greatly to the fabric of our lives, hidden as they may be. More importantly, you will now have the opportunity to make a distinct difference in the course of humanity. Not just one life, not hundreds but millions. This is the true nature of the Eden Initiative, and your role within it will be explained shortly. So thank you. Thank you for making the sacrifices that led you to board this ship and descend into the ocean and into the unknown. Thank you for joining us in Leviathan and becoming part of our community. Your life is about to change in ways you couldn't imagine. Ugh, it couldn't possibly be much further... Feels like we've been descending for ages. The anticipation is killing me. At least we have good food and... Oh my god, look at that! I cannot believe what I am looking at. Outside the observation window, the darkness began to be filled with glowing light, revealing a massive structure that looked like a cross between an Aztec ziggurat and a Catholic cathedral. How did they do this? The ornamentation, the detail... I haven't the slightest idea how they built this. Well, I guess we have an attorney to find out. Looks like we've arrived. The back of the vessel suddenly opened up to a long corridor airlock, which impossibly was encased with 180-degree viewing windows that resembled a city aquarium. As the two men began to walk, they saw various aquatic life, never before observed by anyone on the surface. 
several different models of pressurized mechanical suits were being used by men and women, who were making repairs, or upgrades to the outside of the structure. Good afternoon. Please make your way to the end of the corridor. This will lead you to the heart of the city. First-time arrivals to Leviathan City will oftentimes find themselves detached from reality. We can assure you this is quite normal, as the city will far exceed any expectations you have and be vastly different from any place experienced on the surface. Please feel free to explore the many sights and amenities the city has to offer. Come partake in the finest cuisine from around the world at the Taste of Immortality. Prepared by Master Chef Marie-Antoine Carême, who served dishes for Tsar Alexander I, Prince Regent, Lord Stuart, and Princess Bag Ration, among others during the early 19th century. Relax by the fire with the Armagnac brandy while sampling some of the finest cigars and pipe tobacco at the Elysian Fields Tobacconist and Lounge. Or take a stroll through Leviathan City's Botanical Gardens while marveling at the Luma Flora sky that is painted daily by our very own Stefano Vivaducci. Whichever you choose, it is sure to not disappoint. Welcome to your new home and welcome to Leviathan. I am going to all of those. Well, there's plenty of time for all that, but first we gotta meet Kristoff. What's the name of that place he said? Some place he called the Salty Squid. Now that sounds like my kind of place. Just rough enough around the edges so I don't feel like I'm gonna break anything. You ready for this? I was born not ready for this. I'm feeling really detached from reality. Bridges led back and forth across the great cavern, and numerous ramps and elevators whisked people up and down the countless levels. Many people wore jumpsuits of differing colors, but many others wore clothing of various ages and nationalities. A woman in a tight ivory kimono walking across the cobblestone street to meet a tall man dressed in a frock coat, top hat, and bow tie. The man was manipulating a small floating disc that hovered just over his head. Using a small device in his hand, he lowered the disc to eye level and then watched a small hologram arise from the top of the disc. The figurine that materialized on the disc waved at the geisha, and she politely waved back as the man in the top hat smiled. <laughs> Others on the crowded street went about their business, as if there was nothing at all unusual about the fact that they were all living and working more than 35,000 feet underwater. The most amazing part of all was the sky. There'd be no sky here, not inside of a cavern buried beneath the single deepest point on Earth that was also geometrically the furthest away from any sky. Yet there it was, a warm, dull glow emanated from the top of the cavern, which released a golden, iridescent haze that gently fell down from the ceiling. Absolutely breathtaking. I have so many questions, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with where the salty squid is. Excuse me, excuse me! Excuse me. You gentlemen must be new here. Very new. I'm Jonah, and this is my brother, Joshua. Nice to meet you. My name's Elizabeth. I'm the chief medical officer here in Leviathan. Oh, that's cool. Gotten started as a nurse for the Confederacy during the Civil War. 
the American Civil War? Now I know everyone, particularly Americans, look at me sideways when I say that. But the world has changed a lot since then. Besides, it didn't matter. I was there to save lives, not assist in wars. But I go on. What can I do for our new arrivals? We're looking for a place called the Salty Squid. We have a meeting with Kristoff. Do you know him? Kristoff? Oh, you mean Sinshun? Oh, we don't hear him called that much down here in Leviathan. Sinshun. Yeah, that, that's right. That's what I meant. The Salty Squid is just down that road. Take a right. And about three blocks down, take a lift down a cobblestone alleyway. You will go down two staircases that are in desperate need of repair. After that, y'all can't miss it. Thank you very much. I hope in time we can return the favor. Thomas, one thing we have in abundance. I wish y'all well. Oh, and try the squid chips at your own risk. That sounded like a challenge. The challenge is going to be trying to remember those directions. Okay, let's go. After following Elizabeth's instruction, the two men arrived and stumbled upon a small wooden door that resided with a blinking neon sign depicting a giant squid fighting a sperm whale. The sign read, The Salty Squid. And owing to the fact that two of the squid's neon tentacles were faded, Joshua thought the whale might be the one winning. A thick mahogany bar ran around half the length of the pub, with brass hooks situated underneath. An assortment of faded leather barber chairs were situated towards the rear of the bar, with a spittoon on one side and cigar ashtrays on the other. Jonah and Joshua saw that the ceiling was completely covered with artifacts hanging by little hooks. A katana sword from the Muromachi period hung next to a Bugatti steering wheel from the 1929 Grand Prix. Further along the ceiling he spotted a red electric guitar signed by Keith Richards next to several ornate German beer steins with heavy pewter lids. We're not open oh, yet! Oh, sorry. We're supposed to meet someone here. You know what this place reminds me of? Lafitte's. Where's that? You know. Lafitte's blacksmith shop over on Bourbon Street. Oh, gotcha. What are you talking about? It's the oldest bar in New Orleans. Well, all my stars. <laughs> I'll be damned. But a few centuries now, people come into my bar and want to hang their trophies on the ceiling. Yes, it makes them feel even more immortal. This calls for a drink. Well, can I get you, Sailor? What do you have on tap? You literally have everything, my lad. Mead, ambrosia, armagnac, wine, beer, champagne, bourbon, coca, tea, sake, soju, and scotch from every decade since 1630. Not to mention my own personal blend of Venosha. <laughs> I've always been curious what mead tastes like. Does this look like we're in a renaissance festival? Who still drinks mead? Not too many. One chap named Byron has a real fondness for it. The two brothers looked at each other, shocked at what they just heard. He's not talking about that Byron, is he? Mean that weird pale man with the pretentious British accent? No way. He stops in from time to time, but uh, haven't seen much of him lately. Would you happen to have any Lagavulin 37? Hmm, that's one we don't get very often. Just give me a moment. I think I might have something. Ah, there she is. Coming right up. Let's see if I have any... 
So tell me, what brings you down here? Well, like I said, we came here to meet somebody. No, 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 you dumbhungus. Here, here in Leviathan. Who wouldn't want to come here? The surface sucks and you know it. Well, if you're asking why we were chosen by Evangeline, I don't know, maybe she just wanted some storytellers. Of course you are. Hey, uh, do you have a food menu? Do you have anything here to snack on? Bob Grub, I'll heat up some bangers and mash. In the meantime, you can nibble on these if you want. What are these? Squid chips! Challenge accepted. I'm good. Oh, for the love of Jiminy Cricket. You're not gonna insult the barkeep who's opening his tavern early for the lights of you and throwing free liquor down your sorry gullet and not try one of the house specialties, are you? I guess I could try some. Now that's a brave soul. Oh man, these things bring the heat. Oh jeez, Becca would die. Ah, the burn comes from a relish I make with dorset naga peppers. Very hard things to come by. Can I get a fire extinguisher to drink? This is a touch below pleasant spicy. Coming right off, Salem. This here's a nice pilsner from a small brew house outside of Budapest, I like. If these squid chips are helping you sell more beer, I'd say you have a killer business model, my friend. What exactly do you mean by business? Well, more customers buy more drinks and you make more money, not to put too fine a point on it. Why not relocate to get more foot traffic? Seems like you're missing out on a lot of customers. I'm paying for drinks? <laughs> you're still thinking like a mortal. Customer implies some sort of payment. But don't you use money here in Leviathan? Oh, I've got tens of millions sitting in some Cayman bank account, but that's all back up on the surface. Money doesn't matter in Leviathan. You don't have any need for it down here. Only knowledge. <laughs> and a good sense of humor. But to answer your question, 400 years ago, the Salty Squid used to be right on the main thoroughfare of Leviathan, right over on Tweedle Avenue. So you had to relocate? Or did you have to move the whole building? They moved the street. Now Tweedle runs north and south over on the left. Four more new streets got built that are twice as wide. Ah, uh, city's always changing. Always growing, too. Some say Evangeline is bringing too many people into Leviathan, but people are starting to lose the spirit of why we're here. Well, Evangeline brought us here, but why we're here is to remain evident. Some say she's bringing more people down here for a reason. Not just the coffees for security, but God knows we need them with everything that's going on. New, but others as well. I'd imagine there's always a reason. Hell, we barely know the reason we've been brought here. Maybe more people are arriving because Evangeline is starting to recognize the value of the average Joe, so to speak. It would certainly help with assisting in checks and balances. Oh, I suppose it doesn't matter. Evangeline is good enough to all of us. She can do as she likes. Long as I got beer in the cask and scotch in the barrel, things will be fine. I'll drink to that. Yeah, we started this podcast knowing that censorship was pretty much protocol across the board. Oh, boy. On top of that, most of the people we know think we are crazy. For a while, I thought I was. Don't think Evangeline hasn't had her share of problems. And... We are being pursued by Black Door because of some information we may have leaked about them to the whole world. <laughs> boy, you got yourself a problem. 
What else is wrong with your sorry ass? We're now immortals, but also broke and in debt. I'm actually thinking of just sitting for the next hundred years and trying to think of the next Chia pet to get rich. And I don't think the U.S. government is going to pay my veterans' benefits for the next thousand years. A money problem? That's the smallest problem someone can have in life. Just tell Evangeline you need to lay low for a while. Stay down here 40 or 50 years. You'll be amazed how all that stuff just goes away. The people you owe money to just forget or die themselves. Debts get consolidated and written off. The money that you do have just sits in an account and grows exponentially. Then you go back up to the surface in a few decades and everything is fine. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But I still have a wife and kids I plan on being with. I won't just leave them. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. It's hard to remember what it was like being mortal, but I seem to recall that when I was, I... I spent an awful lot of time worrying about money, how to get it, how to save it, how to spend it. It all just seems pretty pointless now, living here in Leviathan. But, I think back then, it took up an awful lot of my time. I'm sorry, mate. I don't mean to be insensitive. I mean, it's all good, no harm done. It's actually a major reason I accepted immortality was to be there for him. At least half the damn fools down here become immortal because of love. These things have a way of working out. For the next few hours, Angus brought me a heaping plate of bangers and mash, as well as a very respectable plate of fish and chips. He also poured several more pints of Pilsner and lager that were cheerfully finished. Soon, several hours had passed filled with tales of laughter and love, boasts and lies, victories and defeats, and most of all, good humor. Can I get you another? Nah, I think we're good. We still have our meeting. Yeah. Are you uh, planning on staying long around these parts? No, not terribly long. Until this black door business cools down. Well, if you change your mind, there's always a bar stool here waiting for you. Thanks, Angus. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, thank you for your hospitality. Just then a man standing at least six foot four, with salt and pepper hair wearing a turtleneck sweater entered the pub. It was Senshin, but the two men knew him best, as Christoph Lopatka. This was their meeting with an immortal. This is True Theater Radio. Yeah, I'm, I'm Joshua. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're I'm jo Jonah. I'm already introducing. I'm introducing you as Joshua, and I'm saying I'm Joshua. I'm Jonah. My name is Joshua, and I'm already tongue-tied because of, of the guest we have, Christoph Laputka. Super pumped! I am so excited <laughs> to be here. This is great. Thank you for uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for this incredible feast of. Uh, <laughs> dumplings and wine that we are enjoying awesome. together um this is how i like to have an interview i mean yeah. i'm i'm so yeah. excited to yeah to hang out and, and be in the show yeah we, we try to we just keep it pretty much just lighthearted, going with the flow nothing really like nothing really you know hammered down official or anything like that but um we already know and josh already knows that no offense, nobody who is going to be listening to our show probably knows who you are. 
That was, and we're going to take offense to that. That's, they should. That What we're trying to do is they should. They should know, know who, who you are, are. And they're going to know who you are. And it's almost irritating that they be even be listening to us before knowing what you are. Because you are, you are a, a key instrument in inspiring us to even kind of do what we're doing in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Because it was like... Hands down. Um, some of the people who've listened to us, we don't even have a lot of episodes, but some of the people who saw what we were doing off the bat and loved the idea, they said, this is a great idea. And we told, we, we let them know our story right off the bat. And we said, we've been listening to audio drama since we were children, grade kids, grade like school, grade stuff. school kids. And we were listening to old shows like the shadow. We were the, we were the weird kids that didn't even care for TV that much. We would yeah. actually listen to audio drama. We listened, like, that was yeah, our we listened to radio drama all time. Old time radio drama. And, we're down. And we're I don't, down. I don't mean to, uh, we're mostly like sharing it with you, but we kind of go through this in our first episode, but it was, we actually we, mentioned Leviathan on our first episode. We yeah, mentioned oh Leviathan on our first episode. It was like, you want to listen to something good? Leviathan Chronicles. Yeah. And people have even asked us before. It's like, it's like you almost don't even need to listen to anything else. Listen to Leviathan Chronicles, then we'll tell you about other stuff. But for years, we were listening to the same episodes that we had recorded over and over. I mean, I can memorize. I have them memorized. It's, I just listened to them over. Because there were so few, right? There were so few of them. Yeah, and yeah. we described there was, a, there was an, uh, a set that came out on the Sci-Fi channel. It was their Sci-Fi Channel's website, and I don't even know how I'll I found it. I'll never forget you introducing me I to said, that. there's <laughs> this thing, so they're good. new, they're not old, they're like new audio mm-hmm. drama. And it was uh, like senior theater. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally, there was no way to download them. I literally took a phone jack and recorded them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bootstrap. Back, yeah. back in the I, day. I recorded like, all yeah. of them. So they're like crappy, you know, recordings, but I had all of them. I listened to them over and over and over again. And for years, when the internet actually started having search engines, I started typing in modern audio drama, not no, no modern radio, radio drama, drama radio mm-hmm. drama, yeah, yeah. quote unquote radio drama. Right, the terms weren't even in place. Yeah, yet. the terms weren't in place. So when you look up radio, you're, they automatically say it's something that aired on the radio. So you look, you get all these old time radio shows mm-hmm. and be like, okay, here's some old radio show. And I'm like, I have all those already. I don't need those. <laughs> I'm looking for something new. And then he sent me the dark, sent me darker project. Found- I found a website. I found a website called DarkerProjects.com, which is what know. Eric Busby was on. With Eric Byron. Busby. And they were doing uh, Section Thirty One. Yeah, they yeah. were doing Byron Chronicles. Byron Chronicles. They yeah. were. They had a couple really great yeah. titles. That Seminar, some incredibly passionate guys. No, yeah. that was that was that was a different one. But Doctor, yeah, they, I think Doctor. They, they do some Doctor they Who. They did also. some Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, all. Yeah. They, they did a bunch of great stuff. studio. They're, and they're great guys. We just, I was like, and then I just started reading on their website, and I was just like. They call it audio drama. <laughs> That's why I haven't been finding it. Yeah. Instantly, audio drama. And then just find <laughs> page after page. I was like, oh my God, there's more of it. <laughs> and we just, I started, it was like, I was on drugs forever. Yeah, it was just awesome. Listening to all, and finding we just, all these we just basically became these ridiculous, like, audio drama geeks. And then, I'll never forget, because what year did Leviathan come out? Leviathan started in 2008. It doesn't eight. Okay, so it was two. I guess I was working as a um, as a uh, a uh, QA at a tech company, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting at the freaking computer, like just like doing quality, like like just checking websites to make sure there's no bugs and whatnot. And my brother he, he calls me up and he's like, "Hey, Joshua." 
there's this thing called Leviathan Chronicles. You have to look it up. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I couldn't get my work done. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I was like, I was completely nuts about it. But anyway, we're kind of, we're acting kind of ridiculous. We need to like kind of go in through, like have a little bit of organization here. here. Like, because we're kind of we, fanboying. Yeah, no, we're, I'm, we're I'm, fanboying. I'm, I'm but we, so but, but we, is, we need to explain to people who are you, <laughs> what Leviathan is, and then kind of have yeah. a little bit more of an organization here. And we were, we were joking about like the fact that, you know, there's people like Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, the king of now England. We don't got time for those people. <laughs> and I don't have time Christoph. for those people. We got people. We got Christoph the <laughs> Christoph the Book is here. He's the only one I give a shit about. We don't got time for those people. So, just to just to give everybody an idea, we once one once you guys start listening to the Leviathan Chronicles. You will start understanding who our guest is, and we're telling all y'all, even if you don't finish this episode, stop right now, go listen to at least the That's first your homework. Go That's listen to Leviathan. Listen to Leviathan, Chronicles. <laughs> so, um, I guess, really what it comes, what we wanted to start off with is, how the hell did you come out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, where did you come from? So it's like, it's this like, is the greatest oh, this, question. Oh, this, guy just, this guy is like, oh, I am... This is New York guy, and I have this full cast of people that makes this amazing show. And I'm like, huh. I, I was a guy who um, had a father that, that loved science fiction. And he wasn't like a geeky, like, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. He was an all-American football player at Damn. Colgate. He was... Um, you know, he was he was a, a a businessman, but he had the heart of an artist, and he loved um, uh, he loved science fiction, he loved fantasy, he loved um, he just had an incredible sense of imagination. And you know, some of some of my best memories were discovering science fiction with my dad and him showing me stuff that's special. And and I knew that in addition to loving it, the, the part of love is is the creation of it. And and I I'd always harbored a desire to be a writer, but I was also living in New York, and New York, um, uh, you know, is, is an expensive city to live in. And a lot of the things that I wanted is to it? do in my life, it's gotten a little pricey. <laughs> it's gotten a smidge pricey. It's, it's not on sale right now. <laughs> but um, so I started a career in finance, and and that's what I did for the first half of my life. And um, and and while it was rewarding, and in some ways. Uh, I, I always wondered, well, well, when am I going to get to become a writer? When, you know, it seems like in my head, I had imagined that's something you do when you can afford to have like a cabin in Maine and you know, yeah, you're in the right. woods and I had this romantic vision of it. And then something happened and it was, it was probably, probably around 2006 or 2007 when I started walking to work. And I think this is when podcasting was a tab on iTunes in, in, in the old software that, that Apple used to have. And, and I started hearing about what, what some of these guys were doing. And, and I was seeing these authors that were not getting published. And that was always my fear, right? How do you get published? How do you, what are the gatekeepers? What are the hurdles you have to overcome to become a published writer? And these guys were, were first-time authors and unpublished. But they had these beautiful manuscripts that were sitting, had been rejected by every publishing studio. And they said, listen, since it's not doing anything for a publisher, why don't I, much like Charles Dickens did, release one chapter for free 
on the internet and, and put it out there and at least somebody gets to enjoy it. And what they discovered soon was that they could go, then go back to these publishing houses with empirical data that they had never received before to say, you said no one was going to read my book. Here's who's listening. Here are their ages. Here's where they live. Here are the demographics. And it really empowered these authors to not only find an audience, but then um, really have a, an avenue toward, towards traditional publishing. I'm listening to that. I'm like, these stories are great. There should be a gunshot there and there should be swelling music and you should have like, you know, a great British narrator and, and all the, all these ideas. And, and I thought it was good. But and you found one. And I, and I found the greatest. The she always loved the Samantha. Um, and, and I thought this, this could be more. And, and I had never done anything like this before, but back when, you know, Craigslist wasn't, you know, creepy Craigslist. People use it for like legitimate, you know, uh, services. We put out um, uh, a, you know, a, a, a wanted ad. We said, we're looking for voice actors to do this project. Um, you know, come do some auditions. And, you know, we, we probably saw maybe like 75 people on our first day. And we found maybe 10 that were like, these people we want to hold on to. And we just, and from them, they had other friends that were in the voice acting community. And from there, we slowly started to build this cast. And, and again, we didn't know what we were doing. It's, it's kind of like, if anybody's ever done a massive house renovation, and if you knew what the cost was going to be at the end, and how much time it would take, you never would start in the first place. But the fact you don't know is what gets you to start it. This is kind of like one of those situations where we said, we didn't even necessarily know the term audio drama. We just wanted to make these full cast podcasts and um and and we thought well if we get all the voices recorded maybe i'm saying this laughing we could put out an episode every 10 days <laughs> i think hey, yeah, it's gonna be a little we're gonna have to burn the midnight oil maybe work for lunch a little bit but i think uh, i think we can do this dude i i feel your pain we we didn't i think we might have hit it like between episode one and two and two was already done i think that might have been the only time we ever got to 10 episodes and it very quickly became, I mean, that at that point I was still working full time, so it was difficult to, you know, um, always put as much effort into it as I, as I wanted yeah, to. Yeah. But, um, but, but, you know, that, that's really how it started. And yeah. it was a desire to not just tell, uh, tell a story, but to tell it a certain way and explore what audio can be. And, and, and I think what's really interesting about what's happening in audio and fiction podcasts now is before it was a route to publishing. And now a lot of people think, well, this is a route to a TV show, or um, I'm really creating IP, but but they're missing something giant in the middle, which is this beautiful craft yeah. of I audio. Know, I already know what my brother's thinking right now. <laughs> and <laughs> just and there is, it just is so it. much fun. You go ahead and say it. Yeah, I know what he's thinking. Come so on. Just go for it. People need to stop, people need to stop watching their goddamn TVs. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta stop watching TV. It's Everybody like, feels like they need to sit down and zone out on something and watch it. Thank you. And the audio drama is, the thing that's so great about audio drama is that no matter whether it's Leviathan Chronicles, Byron Chronicles, old time radio, old time episodes of The Shadow, the entire universe of what you're listening to is unique to you as the listener. You as the listener, that's exactly what it's There is no Leviathan City that looks the same as it does to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody. And I mean, I'm, I, I know Mine's it looks like... Mine's yeah, the best. His is clearly the best. <laughs> Mine's the best. But, well, he has the views, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> the floor plan is... <laughs> right. But um, it, uh, it, it, it flexes the imagination muscle of the mind. 
it allows you to not only um, not only to use your imagination, but also hell, you can do other things while you're even listening to it for crying. I mean, you could wash the dishes for crying out loud. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but the point is, is anything. that you don't it doesn't. It you can do work at a tech company when you're doing QA. Exactly. You can, that's, that's what right. I was doing. <laughs> Almost lost my job because of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so there, but like what we what you're talking about and. What I was saying was I was I feel your pain when it came to the editing thing. And um, there's something very special about being able to create audio drama. It's unlike unlike where you can there's it sounds weird, but you can actually have a lot of forgiveness when you're making uh, something video. It seems like an audio drama. It's not what you put in it. It's what you didn't put in it that seems to ring the loudest. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'll put a sound effect here. I'll make him walking or something like that. But the walking doesn't have an echo to it. Mm. It doesn't, when, when, he, you know, when you shuffle the bag, it doesn't feel like it's there. It feels like it's in your face. It's like there's so many elements to it that make it. To create the right that atmosphere. Makes it, right. That makes, makes it feel like you are in it. And, and you feel when you're creating it that. Like there is that moment, like where, like in the paper bag, where you're like you're going through a bunch of effects and, and a bunch of treatments to it, and then when you when you get it, you're like, that's it, that's the sound. You know it right. instantly yeah. when you you hit that familiar note in your head that will allow you to fill in all the other gaps that are in the story because you've been given this 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 familiar touchstone of one sound effect that allows you to extrapolate everything else. Right, exactly. Which, I mean, which we can, we can go into that more later because that was actually going to be one of the later questions I had was kind of like what your process is because I am doing this completely grassroots, almost 100% by myself with my laptop. And for everybody, and for everybody who is actually does listen to our show, 90% of this is my brother Jonah. <laughs> like I'm just kind of like I find guests, but Jonah does all the editing. He does most of the writing, like which isn't even. It's okay. It's <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not gonna lie. His his writing is really good. It's really good. He no. he actually just came out with a new show that we're coming out with that we're interviewing well, our next guests, which as which is a modern day version of Plato's Cave, but it's all in a movie theater. Oh my god! Yeah, he, 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 yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. And no, I, it's good, Jonah. Stop freaking being okay, such an well, asshole. I, like it's a good show. Okay, it's a good show. What? Well, but uh, it's a good. I, I, it's a good show. It sounds like a great show. Okay, well, and, I, and I'd be really excited to. And, but but, but no. But here's what's the best part about it. It's like it's not just a good show. It's okay. It's imagine like a um um. The director. I was kind of. I was trying to give it the feel of almost David, like David Lynch, Lynch. Okay, imagine a David Lynch. Like, there's this. I don't know if you've ever seen this video. It's a David Lynch has this show called Rabbits. That's no, on. It, he know. made this short film about these people. Like, well, they're not people. They're walking rabbits. That they're 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 human. They're human people with basically rabbit heads. Yeah, they're yeah. rabbit heads, and, and they're ba and what's happening? So it's like a little bit of Donnie, Donnie Darko. Yeah, like, it's with, a little okay. Donnie Darko yeah. thing, and they're just and they're very, just in this dark, surreal. Everything is kind of 
slow and Sounds slow very moving. Lynchian. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very David yeah. Lynch. And, and it's like I don't want to get. It's like I don't want to talk too much about it because we're going to spoil it from mm-hmm. when I release it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's but, uh, good. But it's, what, it's, the reason why I'm irritated is like I, I'm trying to give you a compliment. And you're like, oh, it's all right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, it's hard to take compliments sometimes. Yeah, it's again, amazing. It's again. really good. Right. It's really good. But yeah, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about a little, like later on. It's just like the whole process of what you what you go through. Like if you do editing, you know, somebody else who does editing, you know, all that kind of thing. Because to me, it's like it, it feels like it's so well done that I you can't be doing it by yourself. And if you are. I want to learn from the master. <laughs> because, yeah, totally. <laughs> because it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's hard. It it's is hard it, to do. It is. People don't, um, don't appreciate it because content, uh, especially audio content, seems, uh, it seems on its surface so simple. Oh, just bunch guys have not. a microphone. And, 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 you know, we're in, you know, I, I want to throw these stats out to your, um, to some of your listeners to really understand where fiction podcasting is right now and how, Amazing what the two of you, the, these two brothers that have had the pleasure of being tonight, um, you know, coming into this sector of fiction podcasting, it's really an ascendant medium right now. So if you look at podcasting right now, podcasting is like having a moment everybody finally knows about. It. That wasn't true in 2008 when we started. It wasn't, I know. What's an I, audio I, drama? I remember, I remember. It was what's a podcast? Right. And, and that was challenging. Now everybody knows what a podcast is, but when you tell people, right, I have the True Theater podcast. They think it's it's just talk or it's just, you know, something easy where we sit up, have some dumplings and wine and talk. But but the audio drama, because they're used to that, they, they think it's it's much simpler than it is. And they don't associate this rich, dramatic, um, uh, uh, you know, shows that we create with, you know, they, they, they think it's just, you know, the Joe Rogan show. Um, so now, for, don't, your, for your listeners, don't insult us. We're, we're not insulting <laughs> you. The, so everybody knows if you look at the the top twenty segments of podcasting, like true crime, uh, religion, yeah. education, uh, women in health, fiction podcasting right now is about fifteen, and it is the number one fastest growing sector. Um, in all, it is the it is tied as the number one segment for women aged between eighteen and thirty four, and it's also the number one podcasting segment in Latin America. So right. there is an incredible amount of momentum that's happening right now that didn't exist even eighteen months ago for the sector that you guys have been passionate about for for over ten years before there was even an internet. So I want I want all your <laughs> listeners to know awesome. how early and visionary your passion is and really where the industry is right now. Wow, and fantastic. and there's Thanks, there's so many people that um that are coming into the sector right now, not necessarily because they're so passionate about telling a story through this medium, but because it's cheaper than filming a live action pilot. Right. So yeah, of course. that's why uh, you know a, a lot of people are saying, "Hey, listen, I can do a a ten yeah. a ten episode series as opposed to a pilot and present to a studio or to a network a more fully fleshed version, and of course have all the demographics that come with it." So, gotcha. um, so I think there is not a lot of appreciation for yeah. um, you know how much goes into it and what you have to do. So, right, um, absolutely. And and, t- and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell everybody's like Jonah does almost everything. Like he he just he does uh, he does all the editing. It so far he's done all the writing, because I'm not creative and I can't edit for anything. But he like, knows what a good audio drama is. I do can... know what a good audio drama is. <laughs> that is a fact. I I will look at him like that's good. I know it's bad. You know, like just like when I was introduced to the Leviathan Chronicles, my first the first episode when I was 
I mean, this is what's so great about Leviathan is that it's it's and I and Jonah, I know he's going to agree with me on this. It's one of the only audio dramas I've ever listened to where I felt like I was there. Right, like exactly when I'm on money. the high ten G, when like on, I'm in the high ten G, like right, right from the first episode, I'm like, oh shit, I'm there, and I'm like, I am there. Like there are the, uh, there's so many things I'm going to talk about this show that I know is going to be a spoiler, which I'm not going to talk about. But come on, I mean, <laughs> let's just say Tully and McAllen, Rover. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't need to say much. I'm not gonna say anymore. But it's like because you like I'm like I'm like I'm like grabbing on. I'm like <laughs> I'm like I can't breathe. Like I, I'm like I am losing it. Like I'm like this is the best shit I've ever freaking listened to. And I'm like I'm listening to it. And I'm like I've actually had like heart palpitations because I'm like I'm in this moment with these two people. I'm like. This doesn't happen in movies. You could watch a movie anytime you want, but when you're listening to Leviathan, you're like, you're not watching a movie. You are in it. it. It's more, it's like, it's more immersive. It's immersive. It, it's like it. movies and TV. It has a two, it has a two dimensional feel. It's all with what's in the box. It's all with what's in that box that you're yeah, staring it's in at. Yeah, that stupid whereas, little screen. <laughs> whereas audio, whereas anything that's audio drama, it's almost it's it's like you are standing in the middle of whatever's happening, and you're almost like this fly on the wall experiencing all of it, and you can't do anything about it, but you can experience it in three dimensionals of of what your imagination imagination right. is. Now, one of the things that I wanted wanted to ask you is like what like. Have you had this idea for this show forever and you just decided you were like, I'm going to do it? Or was it just like you saw the opportunity for something really cool and like, I think I can write a pretty good sci-fi and then just started hacking away on a typewriter and then came up with it? That's it's an amazing question. Uh, I, you know, my writing style, my creative process is um, uh, I, I think you you start with with one seed of an idea and and you you got to give it water and room to breathe without necessarily knowing exactly where it's going to go i knew there were elements that i wanted to bring together i knew i wanted to tell a story my most important thing was i wanted to tell a story that was believable that would be living alongside real life and i thought one of the greatest things was the way harry potter did that that the way that the the, the wizarding world exists it's on platform hey, nine and three quarters, on you, it's, but it's right there. <laughs> and at least you created a, a believable paradigm yeah, that you. this could be here. And I wanted to create a world that was visceral and felt real, that was right under the surface of the, the world that we all lived in. Because when I was first enjoying a lot of that, uh, the original audio dramas, when I was walking to work to a job I wasn't necessarily that thrilled about, but I, I was so grateful to take that time to, you know, when I'm walking down, you know, 48th Street and over to 6th Avenue, my job is to, to immerse myself in that world. And I wanted other people to believe that there was spy organizations that were, you know, secretly living among you, that immortals, that somebody you could be talking to could really be six, seven, eight hundred years old and not let you know that. Um, that as a scuba diver, um, and I've told the story in some other podcasts, um, you know, I developed a little bit of a, of a um, uh, passion for cave diving. And we were in one cave in, in the Cayman Islands where, 
you know, you were in the spot where you were like, if I blow an air tube here, if I like, no one's finding you. Okay, like this is it, like this spot on Earth has not been seen by anybody else. Now, I think the tour guide takes people there like every Tuesday and Thursday. So that's what I felt like at the time. But the point is, if this exists here at, you know, at 85 to 95 feet, what exists at 1,000, at 10,000, at 30,000 feet underwater, that's an incredibly rich canvas for, for science fiction and for a narrative. And I wanted to incorporate those elements when we've had more people on the moon than we've had at the deepest parts of the Earth's ocean in, in the Marianas Trench, exactly, that, yeah. that whatever we're going to build is fundamentally plausible. So drawing on those tenets were part of the pillars for building Leviathan. Make it visceral, make it real, make it um, kind of, we, our, our pitch is we're um, James Bond meets science fiction on a Lord of the Rings scale. And that's what we and that's what we try and do by making it both epic and comprehensive, but also something that you could believe is 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 real and living outside of you. Yeah, that's right. awesome. I yeah. think I'm I, I'm only because I, I want Jonah to talk about his passion for sea. Like it was, we're both we're both sea people. Like I I've even worked at in deep sea in the North Atlantic. No way. Like I've, yeah, I've, I was, why are we not I, talking I about this? I worked it's in true a life, but I'm no, right. it's like, I know I, I worked, I was in, a, I worked in a galley. I was the head chef on a little tiny 90 foot trawler in the North Atlantic, but he's a, he's a nut for, for anything oceanic. Like, yeah, it's like, just like any, any time. And so I, I want to hear, I want to listen to Jonah I've, talk I've about lived in every, I've lived in every type of, pretty much environments except for maybe the desert i've lived in the mountains i've lived i've lived in the plains uh, all over the place and uh As all of, direct, every I've single one of those places for me always has this element of uh being trapped that's always what it feels like it feels like i'm trapped when i'm in the when i'm in the mountains everybody's like it's so beautiful the mountains the rivers and all the wildlife and everything and I'm looking at a wall, yeah. a wall rock, a, a wall, of wall rock of rock that yeah. it, that I can't get through. Mm -hmm. When I'm in the plains, I feel like I've got nowhere to go, and wherever that takes me is going to take me to another rock that I got to climb. The ocean always has this element of infinite mystery below me, and anywhere I can go beyond that. That is yeah. beautiful. That's why that is so beautiful. Yeah, the exactly, show. Yeah. That's why the show. It. it it, it called to me so much because I'm like every yeah even, we were both freaking just like this, anything the ocean, in the, the like, ocean has always been like this this feeling of like even when I'm standing on the shore it's like it's it's the beginning of infinity for me and I yeah, love that. Yeah, and I love I, lo and I loved every every element of it and so the fact that you've got Leviathan City in it, it the it's the infinite infinite possibilities of what could be down there and who knows there could be sh there could be shit down there we still don't know about and mm -hmm. we're we just pretend like we you know we saw some pretty neat sea life and we're still finding stuff that's down there and yeah. it's it's it, it it's you know what's the the last frontier and we still can't get to mm -hmm. <laughs> the last frontier is right 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 on the shore yeah. and we can't even get to it Yes, and, and so that's what that's what has this this incredible element to it that we just love. But the other thing about we want I wanted to we kind of wanted to ask you about the show. There's so many elements to it that I I know you probably had a little bit of inspiration because there there kind of has this uh, it has uh, it has kind of a holy grail element to it. 
So you got this, you know, mm-hmm. you got, I, I, I don't want to be a spoiler to the people don't, listening. Yeah, to, yeah, I'm right, telling you, the, people listening to this show. It's been out since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> it it's an amazing I, like, show. It's all you amazing. people, stop. Just, if you have to come back and listen to this episode in like <laughs> five months after you've listened to all the other episodes, just come back. I think we've sold it enough <laughs> to where you guys are, you're, you're, you're outside the loop already. In fact, <laughs> just, uh, Matt, I don't know where he went. He's got Matt, my, uh, the guy I'm staying here in New York. He, I, we listened to the first four episodes and I was like, I was like, you have to listen to at least a couple episodes to understand who we're talking to. And he was like, he's like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. This is going to so, be great. I was but, like, but yeah. yeah, there's, there's, it seems like there ties into a lot of mythologies. Um, you know, you have the, like, kind of an Arthur, Arthurian legend element to it with the right. Starstone. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you know, all the immortality elements to it, which always tugs on people. But it's the thing that was so unique about the immortality element of it is that are they really immortal or is they it can like still it's, die? It's, they, right. it's still they can dies, still so die. It's like there's, so there's still, still this a... constant element of still clinging to something that's of value. Right. Well, I thought that was, I wanted to come up with an original because you say immortality, what you really end up veering into, whether you are realizing or not, is vampire territory. Right. And I love vampire stories and vampires are cool and, and there's definitely elements of that in Leviathan. But I wanted to look at immortality a different way where if I said to you, um, you know, how. Um, how long, how long are you going to live? And you'd say, well, lifespans an average American called 75 to 80 years. Okay. So you're going to be 70, 80 years old. How long can you live without oxygen? Oxygen? Shit. I'm probably going to pass out after five minutes. Okay. How long can you live without food and water? And that's another number. That's maybe 30 days. So depending on your circumstances, your environment, and your body, your lifespan right now, not modifier, not science fiction, honest to God, right now, yeah. human biology, there are many, many factors that, um, that can affect your lifespan. And I always thought of aging as this is a curable problem. Like this is at some level, this is genetic carpentry. This, this does not have to be, um, you know, an, an absolute uh, certainty. And I wanted to play with, with some of that. And the funny thing is we've had the most interesting thing that's happened in, in the 13 years in Leviathan is how often we've written about something and the technology has come true while we're writing it. In fact, we've got things now that are in Leviathan that are already dated because like in some of the earlier episodes, like he handed somebody a data pad. They're like, isn't that an iPad? <laughs> like, yeah, right. We didn't have iPads then, but that's like what it was then. Um, there, there were, you know, there were scenes where, you know, he got the ticket to his plane. Like, we don't have paper tickets anymore for planes. <laughs> but, um, and, and if you look at what's happening with genetic coding right now, I think there was an article in the Times talking about how we're, we're looking at the aging process as a, as a curable condition, as, um, you know, as, a, as, as a, just a, a factor of certain genetic sequencing that we have. Um, so I wanted to play with that again to tamp down the believability that these aren't super beings that, that would go on forever. but. You know, our, our tagline, and I, and I credit my, my late wife with this, was immortality or freedom, which would you choose? And, you know, we see it in, in politics and business and life, people making compromised choices for their own interests. And, you know, if you had to listen to somebody tell you what to do for the rest of your yeah, life, yeah. but you got to live forever, you know, what would your choices be? And, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that's, that's actually part of kind of what I was leading into a little bit was because, and you kind of, I wouldn't say you kind of, you almost blatantly address this 
in the show, particularly with the backstory with Macau, uh, with um, Evangeline, mm-hmm. is the very question of um, immortality or freedom, which would you choose, is almost like saying, which religion do you want to be in? And yeah. that's really what oh, it is. Yeah. It really comes yeah. down to um, you have infinite, you have whatever number of religions offering some form of, of immortality. Mm-hmm. Salvation? Salvation. Salvation, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Whichever. And it seems like you're deciding to be a slave in order to be immortal. Mm-hmm. And nobody really thinks of it like that. I, I thought of it for that's years. That's deep. I've never mm-hmm. even heard you say that before. That's, that's that, heavy. It's, it, that's kind of what a fee- in. Yeah. You know, we won't go into it right now. But I know, but I'm tracking. My I, brother I and I, we yeah. have a very dense religious past. Very mm-hmm. dense. Very, very dense. Very dense. Like more than you. <laughs> we could talk about it off air. <laughs> but it's, 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 a, it's intense, man. It's an intense, very, in, very thick And now we're like kind of a staunch anti-religious. <laughs> now we're kind of like, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I wasted a lot of years of my life being a slave in order to obtain this immortality that I didn't even understand what it was. Mm-hmm. And so even when you're talking about it in this show, it's like... Okay, everybody's immortal, but who's actually free in this? Who's actually free to do whatever they want? In fact, the only person I remember on the show who seemed like he was kind of free was that pilot who lived on what, what? Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> Henderson. Yeah, the pilot. Stone. He was immortal, or, and mm-hmm. he was like, well, "I'm doing my own shit. Y'all do whatever you want, but I'm doing my own thing." It was like yeah. it seemed like he got it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he got the gift of immortality and like got a clue. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. everybody else is like, "We're trying to fix the world," and I'm like. It still is worse than when you started. <laughs> right, right. Is it all just futile? Right. Yeah, that, exactly. Even with all the bells and whistles, right. And right. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bring up, but you did mention your late wife. Her name was Allie. Yes, Allie. That's right. It's like um, we already made a decision that before you got here, that we are dedicating this episode oh. to your wife, Allie. May she Jesus live in the God. water. We Thank meet you. her again in the water. Just Thank as you. you said in one episode. Thank you. Maybe Thank you both so much. I'm Absolutely. so touched. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Dally. Yeah. And I'll say Dally. if, if like, uh if your if your wife please. was anything like I love my wife, mm-hmm. you know, she must have been an, an amazing person because I mean the best way I describe being with my wife is like it, just being with her, it it feels like uh it's what home is. Mm-hmm. That's home. Oh, that's good. That's good. And yeah. so it's, it's whenever whenever I'm not around my wife, it's 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 I'm n- I'm never home, and oh, that's what that's it feels beautiful. like. So I, I just I but I I also but I do remember. God bless her, but like when her late wife passed, we were there with you. Oh. We knew that we it was like it was like Jonah was like. Oh, and we were like, hey, really? I, I don't mean no. to freaking make you emotional. No, 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 it's so we kind. Were, yeah. We were there with you. We were like, Because oh, yeah. I was like, like, as much as I was so frustrated about waiting, I was like, when's the next season come out? And then I heard that, I was like, he called I was out. okay with the show never coming back. <laughs> yeah. I was okay with it. I was it, like, I was yeah, like, okay, well, yeah, Chris was white. It was like, and then we found out, I was like, you know, when your wife passed, we were like, if it never comes back, that's fine. Because oh. we were like, you did, an, you did such a great, like, what you, what you brought us into with your show is so 
amazing. My brother and we had a, we had we we bonded over this show like you wouldn't believe. Like we were like oh, God. he we we would call he would, Jonah would call me up and he'd be like like the uh, the new uh Python's out and I'm like and I'd be like hey I got a hot date with Sally <laughs> <laughs> hey Sally sorry I gotta stand you up some, some, some came up sweetheart some came, some came up I gotta get a pizza and listen to the new Python <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh man yeah. so it's like my brother we had this thing for like because yeah. every like so many months the new Leviathan would come out with like oh it was and, and I mean I don't think I've this I haven't probably spoken about on any podcast but it killed me when I'm not releasing episodes it is it is not an enjoyable life to, to lead when you yeah, yeah. desperately want to tell the story and for, you know, I think I forget how big the gap was. I think it was, you know, two and a half years or, or something like that. But um, it, it was it was agony to not be releasing Leviathan episodes. It was um, it was uh, I, I I knew it was never a doubt in my mind that that it was we were going to finish it, um, you know, regard, you know, with, you know for, for my wife. You, know, you talk about your wife being home. The greatest thing is she wanted Leviathan Seed. She w didn't want me to be in finance anymore. She saw how what it was doing to my mood, my health, and everything else. And and all she wanted was was Leviathan to work. And and to be honest, back then the infrastructure just wasn't there. I mean, it wasn't podcasting hadn't reached the you know the, the critical mass that it has now. So you know, I wish she could see us all here today because she would be so incredibly pleased and happy. I mean, honestly, God, she would, and she would love these dumplings. Like, I, I, I remember, I remember hitting up, hitting up Jonah. I was like, have you heard of a thing called podcast? <laughs> I was like, oh, what's this? Seems very technical. <laughs> I was like, you got to go to the website and get the RSS feed and then bring it over here. It's like I go to a website and I say, here's your RSS feed. I click it and it's, String of random stuff would pop up. I was like, what It's like you're looking at the Matrix or something. I want to hear. I want to hear a show. What like, supposed to do with this shit? Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. But, but see, this is why I loved that time. I loved that time because it was like that was the time when my brother and I were listening to like we found you and we're like, it was like this magical time where it's like you found when you found something good. It was like. Yes, and you're like finding something so amazing, and we're like, we would sit there and listen, listen to your like, I, I'll to this like I back in the day I bought the ringtone. Oh, See, I, I remember I, that! I, oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! I, I, I remember bought, we did that. Yeah, I bought your ringtone. I was like, and wow. then I see on my phone. I was like, wow. I think I had like a Motorola Razor or some shit. <laughs> yeah. it's like some, and it's like you're and the, the Leviathan theme call someone come home like. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> like, I got so excited great. about it. Yeah, I bought the ringtone to this show. Wow! And and that was, but it, I know that you say that it was really that you are upset about not having a show come out. But at the same time, I can't imagine any any better because it was like my brother and we we were like anxiously waiting for each episode, and that. That three months to four months time, and then when I finally got that phone call from Jonah <laughs> saying the new Leviathan's out, I'm like, it was yes. just so yeah. exciting, and it's like it, it was like 
it was, edge it was of seat. The, the weight almost had its own had its own element. The of, weight of had good. its own element of just and awesome. it's like and now and in contrast, I will say in contrast. Hollywood is starting to make audio dramas, oh, I hate and it. they suck. It's I hate it really so much. They suck. I mean, not, I mean, I wouldn't say they're like terrible, but they 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 lack they they lack a creative, organic feel to them. That it's almost like it, it feels like you're watching it, listening to a commercial audio drama. It's like they're putting this out because they know it's starting to be a thing, and so they're starting to make audio dramas that kind of have the same it's kind of feel as as. TV starting to make this nosedive of quality, and the audio dramas that they're making almost has the same feel to it. Whereas back back in the the early two thousands, everything was so grassroots, and everybody was like, "We can create." Everybody was just so excited to be able to create something, mm -hmm. and they were. It was just they did it for the love of it, right? And the passion for the medium itself. Yeah, and you wouldn't you would never expect to take an amazing voice actor and just. Put them in, you know, the new Tom Cruise movie and be awesome actors on screen. And I think a lot of Hollywood just try to take all these great film actors like, oh, they'll be great. They'll be great voice actors. So they'll do great in audio drama. And yeah. some are. Some are really great. But some that's not their yeah. that's not their playground. And, and I think there's enough um, uh, financial mechanisms in Hollywood that incentivize like like you, that's part of your repertoire as an actor. Now, like get some voice, get some VO, um, you know, cred. Do a couple Pixar movies, you know, do a couple audio drama podcasts, and it becomes more about filling out a full resume as an actor than people that really want to push the bounds of how to tell a story just using sound. I mean, these are, and I'm, I'd love to talk to you about that, is how, you know, you, you've got this toolbox and how you use the levers. And there's so many different ways to, right. you know, make people feel close and far away and distant and alive and, and affect mood through music. I mean, there's... There is a there's an intimacy with audio drama that you don't have with anything else. I mean, as you were saying before, with so that true. that screen that's there, the screen is a barrier. But when it's audio drama, I mean, you're letting somebody inside your imagination. Like, what could be closer or more intimate than that? And I think as creators, we have a great responsibility to um, to really do something that's evocative, because there's no other medium that can do it that way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like when we're when we're like like. When I, when I like when I listen to Leviathan, I'm like, I am friends with Overland St. Clair. Like, I, <laughs> he's such a good guy. guy. He's <laughs> such a good guy. I'm like, I love this dude. He is terrific. <laughs> like, he's like, it was like, and he, he his the guy who plays his voice. What's his name? His name's JP. JP. I'm gonna say JP. So, I'm like, listen, he's when you first hear him, he's like. Oh, he just sounds like a Weasley little freaking he's, Irish guy. But he's like... He sounds like the Lucky Charms guy. Yeah, he's like the Lucky <laughs> Charms guy. But then he winds up being the most badass dude on the whole freaking story. Nice yeah. nice guys can nice. be strong guys. Yeah, he's, and like, that's he's important. so amazing. And like, but then also what I love about like your show, when, like, like I said, it's like you, there are moments where you're, you are there. Like, I'll never forget the moment where you act, we actually went to Leviathan City. Mm. And I was like... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. It's like, and I was there. I was there. I was in it. And I was like, that's the, like, you can't get that from a movie. You yeah. can't get that from a movie. You can't get that for even, like, I would even, or you can't get that from most books. But, like, the this audio, like, your audio drama is like, it felt, it was like, Oh shit! I'm in the salty squid right now. I <laughs> and I would, I would say this is. It reminds me of something he told me one time, and it, it's it's true, and it almost feels a little bit 
like uh, uh, we've been uh, not to be too crass, but almost like mind molested a little <laughs> bit when it comes to film mm-hmm. is yeah. I remember him CGI. bringing it up one. That's what I, he knows I'm bringing up. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we have been conditioned to almost imagine things in CGI, which is mm-hmm. really freaking irritating. It's like I've started like now I'll be listening to any number of audio dramas. And now I like when I see a tiger in my imagination, the tiger is freaking in CGI and I'm not even right. watching it. Right. It's, a, it's a life <laughs> yeah. of pie tiger yeah. or yeah. something, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like CGI. It's like no matter how realistic they can make it, it, it always feels fake. Mm-hmm. And now that my imagination is turning into CGI, even my imagination is starting to turn fake and it's pissing me off. <laughs> Dude. Which is awesome. An awesome segue into your show. That's a, your newest show that's it from what I understand is still in the Leviathan universe. Yes. But it has an AI well, it's about AI. Um it is. It's uh so for your fans that don't know Leviathan, Leviathan is a deep world build and it's one of the biggest uh I mean by number of episodes, one of the largest audio dramas. Uh not the largest, but among the largest that's been that's been done, certainly here in America. And the main Leviathan story is 50 episodes. And my, um, my long-term goal is Leviathan will be at least 100 episodes when I'm finished. But before we get to the next 50 episodes, the first 50 we've informally called the Immortal Saga. The second 50 is going to be called the Maddox Ascendancy. But before we can get ready to that, it's the first time it's ever been put anywhere. It's on your show. Before we get to those fi- nice. next 50 episodes, <laughs> nice. we have a number of spin-off stories where we want to develop certain plot elements that are going to come into play in those 50 episodes. And the first of those spin-offs, our first Leviathan spin-off, uh, came out in November called The Rapscallion Agency. So your fans can go right now to, to Apple and Spotify and look that up right now. And what we did in Rapscallion was to kind of take a little different packed with Leviathan, where Leviathan is a grand scoping story. It takes place in locations all around the world, different cities, under the sea, above the sky, um, and and like I said, all around the world. We wanted to tell a more intimate story with Rapscallion. So the entire season, except for our prologue, all takes place in Paris. In the same way that we talk, how Leviathan is in many ways a love letter to New York, um, because that's where I you know, was when I was writing it and where I grew up, um, I wanted to give, give everybody that, that sense of a great European vacation, that, that study abroad you know, in, in France kind of feeling to it, and make it a little bit more lighthearted and a little bit more fun. And this is kind of our little bit more of an art house type feel to it. Um, our next spinoff, which, uh, and so anyways, getting back to Rapscallion, uh, the first five episodes are out and the next five are uh, starting to drop today. Uh, so fans can go there. Our next spinoff is called The Invenios Expeditions. And that is, uh, we're going to start recording that in L.A. probably in March and April. And there's two things that were great about it. it was First of all, you said you were talking about the sea. And I was dying to jump in at that point. But I loved what you were saying so because I didn't. <laughs> and and what our sound engineer, Luke Allen, um, said, I'm so glad we're doing Invenios. I'm so glad to be going back to the ocean. Nice. And that's really yes. what Invenios <laughs> is about. We're going back yes. to the ocean. Yes. And uh, in in Leviathan, uh, two of our main characters, two sailors, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tully and Oberlin St. Clair, um, are two 
sailors that are down on their luck and they have a dream of building this ultimate research boat inspired by uh, Jacques Rousseau's Calypso and, yeah, right, and yeah. Bob Ballard's yeah, 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 research yeah, boat found that. the Titanic. And, uh, and they're finally able to realize this dream. And Invenios is their adventures on the high seas oh, in nice. this ultimate boat that they finally had the chance to create. Are they have, is the same actors going to be in it? Absolutely. They're, oh, they're yeah, in yeah. It. We, and that, and that's <laughs> Do been, any of these actors live in New York? That we absolutely not. It has become, <laughs> yeah. it has become so unwieldy now, but we're, we're all so committed to it that we all started in New York, but now everybody's all over the country if not all over the world we want to know how you found these people because they're all so good they're just they're, so good they are they're all they're i'm so lucky to to have their 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 talents and 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 their love um we again we started with just a craigslist ad and from there we uh we asked our actors hey do you know any other friends that might want to do this and it started that way um as time went on for rapscallion Rapscallion was our first uh, SAG production. That was kind of a big step really? up for us. So we did a more formal casting process with Crazy. some casting agents, and um, that one was a little bit more formalized. But but before then, we were, you know, just trying to. It was a challenge to find people that that could do it. Um, wow. And and I think there's, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit easier when you're in major metropolitan areas like New York and oh, Los yeah. Angeles because the the acting pool is just a little deeper. But um, but again, now with Riverside um, and some of the new software recording solutions that are available right now for some of your listeners that want to create their own audio dramas, there is technology now that you can create virtual studios and and really create an entire world of of a talent pool that which, you can draw. Which on. I'm definitely going to be asking you a lot about off absolutely off air because I. Yeah. It's like I know what I want to do, and I'm I'm having issues. It's it's, it's <laughs> easier. I'm telling you, it's easier than you think. You just don't know what door to open. Right, but exactly. it's there for you. Um, okay. Now, since you've successfully made me feel dumb by saying the word rapscallion, can you give me a definition of what a rapscallion is? A rapscallion is like a scoundrel. It's okay. uh, somebody who's uh, a little bit naughty, a little bit sneaky. And um, uh, definitely on the younger side of the equation, um, kind of like a whippersnapper might be right, another okay. uh, synonym that you might use for it. Okay, yeah. um, but and, that's the, and that's the, the idea behind it. And then it. the next one was, uh, what was the other, the next show coming next up? Next one was called the Invenios Expedition. Now, what does Invenios mean? Invenios is uh, a derivative of a Latin word uh, that means indomitable. Okay. Um, so that was the name that they decided for their ship. Yeah. Slightly uh, uh, creatively modified, right? Mm -hmm. And it's we want we we won't go into any of it right now because it's it's I'm sure it's very long. It's a very long conversation and something I've I confess I've never actually done myself, but I've always had a bit of a um, a fascination with uh, etymology of names and things mm -hmm. like that, and no doubt. Tons of your, tons of your characters, I'm sure, all have meanings behind their names and who, why they're picked, and all mm -hmm. these kind of things. Um, one of the questions we, <laughs> I had was Harlequin. Harlequin, mm -hmm. yeah, totally, totally Harlequin. Is it a is it a variation of Harley Quinn for Batman? Oh no! Because every time I heard it, all I kept hearing was Harley Quinn, and I Harlequin. But I know it's not. But he is no. a trickster. But he is, he is a, trickster. a trickster. He's a trickster. He is. He's a trickster. He is. Yeah. Um, no, Which I I love Harlequin. He's my one of my. He's, he's is, in my opinion, he's my favorite. Character. He's amazing, and he is in New York. He's actually um, 
Can uh, we meet Harlequin? <laughs> I swear to God, I will lose my shit you if don't, I don't meet Harlequin. You don't even know. I could tell you where he's playing and singing tonight. Yeah, it might not be tonight. I can tell you, but he's. I have to look at his calendar. But no, for real. Um, no, Harlequin was great, and Harlequin was a character that um, I had. I was, believe it or not, uh, I, I flew to London to get Samantha's recording. So Samantha, um, Samantha Parker, Turville now Samantha Parker, um, is is at the time was a British citizen. She's American now. Um, and, and again, this is early. I, I can't express this to your listeners. Like back in 2011 and 12, like there weren't these, these software solutions. So yeah. if you needed something, like you kind of had to go to the store, you know, to get it. Right. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we were at this point where we had like five episodes of Leviathan done, but with no narration. I'm like, we kind of got this narration. We we're sitting on these. So it was worth the, the time to go to London. And and I, I lived in London uh, a very 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 long time ago for a brief period, and I think it's 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 a city that inspires me a, a lot because um, I love I think a lot of Leviathans inspired by architecture, and I think when you walk around the streets of New York and and wow. you can feel this energy, but then like look up and you look at the buildings, and you see yeah they're tall buildings. Look at the top of the buildings. That's where they get interesting. That's where the penthouse happens. That's where there's setbacks. That's where whatever architect got to design that building, that's where that was his playground. That's where he got to put his little touches on. And and it's so fun to think like, well, what could be the alternative use? Or what would this building look like underwater? And what would that be like? Now, when you go to London, it's such a, you know, it's such a, a, a city with such history and it's such an old city that you see these buildings that are like, is that a bank? Is that a club? Is that a, you know, a, a private headquarters? Um, and your imagination starts to run wild with what, what secrets could lie behind, you know, the, these wonderful, you know, Gothic and Victorian and all the different architecture buildings in London. So Harlequin was, was really kind of like a, um, a little bit of a Bruce Wayne and a little bit um, um, uh, a cross between, I'd say, like Bruce Wayne and, and Christoph Lambert and Highlander. Um, yeah, where yeah. you had someone who wanted to live by their own rules and, and, and was kind of isolated as a result of that and what that would do. He's just such an awesome character. He's like, he was a priest, like a Catholic priest. I love that you know that from the special editions. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we so do. many <laughs> of our listeners don't actually, yeah, yeah. I would say 90% of our listeners don't know that. Really? Because we, yeah, we have... listen to the extra, the extras, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we like, put so out extra... Harlequin is this Catholic priest... That became an immortal and was like, and lost this. And he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna do my own damn thing. I, I like, yeah, I'm never gonna meet he God. He almost has a God complex. He almost has himself a semi God complex because he realizes that God might be real. It might not be. It's like I've been, I've been played my whole life, and I, in his character, he was like, had to, I can because. As us who we grew up very religious, we have this understanding. It's like this pull of like feeling like we're we have to do these rules because God's gonna hate us if we don't. You a know? horrible way it's a to horrible way to live. Yeah. So it's like, but then Harlequin, you can kind of he goes completely the other way, but he still has this good heart while at the same time being like. A major Fuck cynic about you. It. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna do everything I want. 
like this Harlequin guy. I really <laughs> like this dude. I get him. He's my. He's on my team. Harlequin's one of. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite characters, and, and I said especially because you can't give too many spoilers. Our audience has to listen. to the show. <laughs> Yes, there is. There is a scene. It is actually the last scene in Leviathan, and I and I won't give it away, but where Harlequin, uh, despite his uh, um, arrogance and his bon vivants, loses something that he didn't realize was the foundation to his life. I love that you and... use the term bon vivants. That's a very Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little Napoleonic flair for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, you know, lost a foundation that he didn't realize he was resting upon. I think that happens to a lot of us in life where, you know, something, a tragedy happens and you don't... Um, you don't realize what you're missing till it's gone. And that was part of his journey. It was very important. I think he portrayed that incredibly effectively. I think it was a, you know, it was a performance that still brings tears to my eyes, but it, um, oh, it was yeah. important to, to kind of explore that. Like, like these, these immortal beings are still, you know, still have great elements of humanity and, and they're, and they're elements that we all share. That's and right. that was, a yeah, that's, that's so important because it's like, yeah, we knew that they were like, that they're immortal, but they still could die, which is what made the, it's like, it's the Superman fallacy. It's it like, makes you hold on to it even tighter. Yeah. Oh my like, God. Like, like, yeah, it's like even because, um, it's like the Superman fallacy. It's like, it's like Superman became a boring character because he could never die. Like this, like, like, who cares? He just, right. He's always strong, en around doing strong shit. enough to do anything. Like, you, you know, he's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it's yeah. a joke. There, yeah. It's like, there's never this element of like, oh, is he going to win? Well, he, he of course is going to freaking win. He's oh, Superman. Superman. He's Superman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's, there's always, yeah. You want to hold on to it a lot longer. Um, I think we got two more questions about the show specifically. Please. All right. One is. I have one. I want him to ask the second one. The first one I'll ask about Freddy. Oh, Freddy. Fish, Fish Egg Freddy. Egg Freddy. <laughs> okay, well, this goes back because our show is a conspiracy podcast where we actually talk about, like, weird stuff that happens, like, like weird history, people that, like, all, like, we can even talk about UFOs, whatever. But... <laughs> This one is actually very special. But no, it's it's not until you answer the question. I, I'm <laughs> to trying. Us it's I'm trying to keep him. Like, I'm, I'm telling out. you, man. Gonna, I'm telling you. I don't know. We'll I don't know. We'll I'm waiting out. until we'll he out. answers the question. All right. Did the actor change? Yes. Oh, what? See, I told you. He's like Freddy. Yeah. Why did the actor? Why? Change? Because. When we were first doing that, again, we have to go back in history. This is going back. We we're doing this in 2008. And all right, all right, to all your right. point, you know, we we didn't have the talent pool that we did back then. I mean, just there wasn't the Internet wasn't wasn't yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't Internet, but it was around like it is now. And um, and so originally I did the voice for Fish Egg Freddy. And you did yeah. You're the original <laughs> no, Fish Egg Freddy. You guys didn't know that? I had never guessed You're that. the original Fish Egg Freddy. <laughs> you didn't know that? That's awesome. <laughs> no. No, I did it. Right. And, right. and right. but it was because we didn't have anybody else to do it. So right. I, I did it. And you know, as and, and we've done that in, in many places because um, you know, to a certain extent, Leviathan is a you know is, is a living work. And um we've had situations where um certain actors just 
really decided that they don't want to do acting anymore and they weren't able to finish the roles or you know we we, we just couldn't get them and we lost them so we had we had several situations where we had an actor portraying a character in the first half and then a different actor in the second half and that that's what you have to do and shows have done it but when we have the resources and the time what we try and do is then get that actor to re-record all the previous actors lines so there's more consistency when because i'm always interested in you know i care about you know all the fans that are following us now but what's great about fiction podcasting and, and what you're discovering is it's an evergreen uh content meaning there's always somebody that's discovering chapter one of leviathan that's seeing star wars for the first time that's reading the first comic book like those experiences matter so we want to create um you know as consistent an experience across it as we can um so we we found an actor that's a far better voice actor than i am um to do that role. the original fishing freddy you did awesome no no there's 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 much there are much better voice actors than that he's a very annoying guy he's a very annoying guy i take great pride in that it's like it's so funny it's like you're the original Fisher Fate. It's like when I listen, I hear Sension, this like booming, <laughs> deep right. voice. It's like, it's like, like, hello, McCowan. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all, I, I didn't had no idea that you. Were it was Fisher one of those Fate. characters. That, it was like honestly, it's like looking up the cat. I've tried to look up certain people just to mm -hmm. see if they had been in other, other things. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, at no point would I have been interested in trying to find out what Fish Egg Freddy was in. I only said that because I, because I was, I guess, I, I thought, I, I don't know if you know what uh, the, uh, the, because the reason why I brought this up because I thought it might be a, what's called a Mandela effect. Do you know what the Mandela effect is? Oh, um... It's like, it's, it's some weird, it's a conspiracy theory thing that happens in the truther community. Which, like, for instance, the Berenstein Bears are now the Berenstain Bears. They're not the same. It's like there's certain things that have potentially changed in the past that have rippled throughout time and space. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that we have residual memories of it being a certain way, even though there's no historical record of that thing ever being Oh, that. Yeah. interesting. And okay. so when I was listening, because I was re-listening to <clears throat> Season 2... Because when you came out with season three, I was like, <laughs> I'm not up. even going to listen to this until it's freaking done. <laughs> because like I said, we have PTSD from the previous And I'll tell you this time. before we get any further. I'll let you know, I have not even started season three because I'm insisting my wife finish it. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to hear this episode probably before anybody else. And she says, like, I've been listening to it since you left. And I'm like... Yeah, better. Because yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. to the creator yeah, of the thing. Yeah. I can't even talk about season three. Yeah, yeah. So he's already spoiled spoiled the ending ending for me. So yeah, it doesn't, I, it doesn't matter. I didn't mean to do. I that. know, I know. It doesn't matter. So I was like, we're interviewing him. You don't even know the ending of. No, I'm waiting for I my wife to, to finish it. High five to you, bro. Like, <laughs> the ending. Well, quite good. So, quite good. But, but, yeah. like, but anyway, but I was saying it's like I was listening to season two again. And did you get like, wait? I want to know one question first. Did you hear the? Did you find the secret scene? Secrets. Oh, damn it! Don't tell him what it is. is I want him to try and find it. Scene. <laughs> I want him to I'm try gonna tell you. Try and find yeah, it out. Now he's gotta go listen to it. <laughs> now he's gotta get try out and find here. it. Um, All right. Anyway, so you, it's, I, I know we sound like a couple of freaking high school girls. <laughs> we're like hyper, kind of hyper fans of this show. Oh, no. but it's like, but it's like we were like. What happened was, is like we, uh, I was listening to, I was listening to season, and then I heard Fisher Freddy. He's like, 
that's not the same guy. Who the hell is that guy? That's <laughs> not Fish Egg Freddy. Yeah. And, and I, I still have it on my... Like, I still have the original episode original. downloaded and on he, my phone. And I told him, I was like, listen to this. And he's like, is that Fish Egg Freddy? And he's like... And we were at the uh, Forget Me Not coffee shop around the, co- mm-hmm. the corner. And he's like... And we have both our phones playing in... Playing both characters at like <laughs> same time. This is not the same, the same character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we swapped them out. <laughs> yeah, so it was just one of these things. I was like, don't, don't flip out. He's probably got a perfectly reasonable explanation for it. What, I was, sorry. I'll tell you what. One of our one of our goals, and it depends a little bit on on our funding and and what we're able to do. But our if we had our druthers, um, and I'm. I, this is more for you guys and your fans may not know, know this, but so we talked about Leviathan's going to have two 50 episode sagas. And in between, we're going to have a series of special edition episodes. And um, uh, one of the, um, uh, we, one is called Rothschild Agency, the other one's in Venios, And then we have these other groups who want to do one show dedicated to the Black Door Files. Uh, one episode that's going to be, um, uh, one series that's going to be dedicated to an evil group that you haven't met yet. You will in, uh, called the Chrysanthemum Consortium. And then we wanted, we're going to have a fifth one called the Seraxian Cataclysm. So we actually wanted to tell the backstory of the aliens and why they came to Earth and what happened in their civilization oh, and what brought that in. Yes. And, that, and that gives us an avenue to pivot to hard science fiction. All of these different spinoffs all will contribute to the next 50 episodes of Leviathan adding these plot elements. But um, where was I going with this? Uh, the um oh I just lost it. <laughs> it's fine, fine. Like like all we all we know is like like the very idea of like the concept of why the hell. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I remember what, I remember what it was. So okay. before we get to the last fifty, Robin or my lead sentence is what I'd really like to do is go back and remaster all fifty episodes of original Leviathan. Oh, you can't back. remaster a freaking perfect thing. <laughs> I think I think we can make it even. I think we can make it even better. Bullshit. I think it could be <laughs> amazing. What are you talking I about? We listen, yeah, me we listen to it and we're like, we should have done that. That's wrong. That's no. wrong. That's great. Oh, so, but but on. the reason but the reason why we would do it, we do it for two reasons. One is because we're perfectionists and we really care about. I'm sorry, I'm being no, an no, asshole. No, no, no. I want this is good. But the other it's reason like is perfect. It's a perfect. But if I did artwork, it, like, you'd re-listen to it just to see what I did to yell at me. I would. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, and that would be I, a nice way to lead into the next one. I would. But okay, I would, I would listen to it just to right. see. It's like okay, what are you supposed to do? So, uh, better. But what's what's your other question? Okay, I know you got it. There is an episode. Ooh, I'm sitting up. <laughs> I know. There's an episode where you. What's what's the guy? It, Ed, Ed, Edward, like, oh, the, what's I, the character? The young teen, the teenage sounding looking guy. Hey, there's a teenage immortal, Nathaniel. Yeah, Nathaniel. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. That you take to a faux restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know if that place is real. <laughs> the one in Koreatown on Thirty yes. Second Street. Yes. In, uh, of course, it's real. Of course, it's real. We're going there. We're going there. And we're going to eat. Fun is like his favorite food for Oh, one it's thing. one of the greatest foods because in the world. We grew up in New Orleans in Vietnam Town. So oh. we grew up next to a Vietnamese oh, restaurant wow. our whole life. So we know what good pho and good Vietnamese food tastes like. And so when I heard that, I was like, I remember you describing it as sentient to, uh, to uh, Nathaniel. 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 And I was like, 
it's that good. <laughs> it's really that good. And I'm like, I want to. And then it's like you go up to this like like this backdoor place in New York City. And it's like I want to eat there so bad. <laughs> I want to go there. It's such a wonderfully simple dish and so complex. It's, there are I know, so many it's so ingredients great. that go into it. I know. It's and you amazing. think it's just soup, but there's so much. I've actually learned how to make it myself. He makes I make a really my good own pho. How long? Do, how long does it take you to make pho? Like like a week? It, like it, it's, it, it the does, broth takes the a while. The broth takes a long time. Right. The broth. The broth is the the key. It takes a long time. But then you can also mess up the noodles if you don't know how to cook it right. It's like the the but the broth does take a while. It's like it involves like like a lot of clove mm-hmm. and star anise and then all these other things and it's it's it is takes some time. Mm-hmm. But when I heard you describing it to Nathaniel <laughs> in the in the show and I was like I was like <laughs> I hope that place is real because I would love to go to like I was at I was hanging out with Senshin eating freaking pho yeah. in that spot. That's like that would be amazing. I love that. I love that. Like that, it's a very specific. I know it's so specific, but I was like, I want to eat there. I put it there because I'm I'm as passionate about pho as I think you are. I think it is incredible, incredible yes. great food. And it's open 24 hours a day. <laughs> Koreatown, that is your, uh, for all your friends visiting New York, that is where... It's open 24 hours a day? Most of the places in that town, like, you can, you know... Jonah. You could get a... Uh, all right, we're going. We got to go. Tonight. Before you fly out, to, we got to go tonight. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're going tonight. We're going tonight. <laughs> if you will show us where it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So, uh... One other thing I wanted to do, and I keep we keep saying one other thing. <laughs> no, not, come not, on. We're like you understand. We like this is kind of a dream of ours. We I got I got you guys are so much fun. I got all night here. Please <laughs> let's let's hear. We have been we have been so pumped about interviewing you. Oh, like uh, this is great. Like the guys. president of the United States could freaking come up to me like, sorry, we don't have time for you, dude. We got to interview Christoph. Oh, Lucas. come it's on. Like, this is this I know is great. it sounds like a, we're. we're Kissing your ass. Well, no, like, I'm I'm having such we a just, big... we've we I re- because we've been so oh that's another thing we had to Have you ever heard of this have you ever heard of a radio of a record called Jeff Wayne's musical version War of the Worlds? No. I never have. Here's Jeff Jeff, Jeff Jeff Wayne. Wayne. Jeff Wayne. Jeff Wayne's he's a British version of War of the Worlds. And this is what we have kind of hooked us onto radio drum when we were and we kids. Thank our my dad. dad our, this we, was the gateway drug. Yeah. This right. was the gateway. Okay. My dad had this on record, on vinyl, when we were wow. kids. And it is this British this British vinyl record where it is the music can be good and bad at the same time because it's it's kind of a mix of both. Like it's really good like orchestra music but also mixed with bad disco music but also has a lot of narration and it's like an audio effects. drama rock opera thing oh yeah God. it's like a audio drama rock, rock <laughs> opera. so it's meatloaf meets hg wells that yeah is great. Wow. And, and it's and it's go. actually been labeled it's actually been labeled the creepiest version of war of the worlds ever created it has been yeah because it because of the feel and the way it he does, does the like alien it's got it does have a creepy ass feel to it if if you it's like I always when tell the aliens people, come out of the freaking it's like don't oh dum, dum, we'll let you hear yeah, some of it but it's it's a, it was the one thing that got us started on it we actually just wanted to ask if you ever heard of it before we can 
show you a copy of it. Yeah, that's something I think. You, yeah, it's something I think you get a you kick out it. of. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out. It. Yes. And then the other, the only other thing I want to do because it was just one of those last minute ideas I had that we've never actually done. No, how, how big of fans we are of it. We've never actually bought the full set of Leviathan. And I wanted to, on our podcast on the air, basically give you cash and say, okay, I'm not it. taking your money. Yeah, yeah. No way. You, you got to self play. You got to do it. No, 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 no. You guys are getting. Tomorrow, you guys need a free. It doesn't matter. You need to have the money. It's almost like it makes it for me not buying it already. It makes it real. It needs to be official. Well, you guys will have it. You can pay for the Uber to go down Done. 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 We will do that. We will do that. You guys, you guys are going to have that, and you'll have Rap Scallion tomorrow. Awesome. So you'll have, you'll have something fresh to listen to. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think. If you haven't listened to Season 3... Um, I have. I've listened to it's Season 3. It's going to make... It'll make perfect sense to you, and it'll be even more sense for you. So that'll be right. great. But that'll exactly. be a fun a fun listen to over your play awesome. home. Um, well, this I want to I wanna ask you one question before we go. Because I yes. was really... I think it's, it's, it's great... It's really fun for other audio creators to, uh, to to share ideas. Like when you are when you're creating something, everybody has like a, a scene that they want to create. Like, what is the audio drama scene of your dreams? And I know there is one that you thought of one. They like if I could figure out how to convey this scene, this story, this emotion, this yeah. um, series of events through sound. I know there's probably one in your heart. I, I would <laughs> there's be, a couple I, of I would, them that I've had very recently that I would I'm like, I'd really I'd love to hear them. Do you understand that Chris Olipos is asking your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, own okay, it. here we own go. It. Own it. Own it. Here we go. Um, I actually have two recent I one one is an old idea and another one is a more recent idea and I find them to be pretty much in the same category of pretty good ideas. The one idea I've had for a very long time has to do with time travel because I've always hated time travel stories with the exception of comedies because you're not supposed to take them seriously right, like right, back right. to the future. I don't have to <laughs> take it seriously. Time time machine. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because time, time travel is always this complex subject where they, they always screw up the grandfather paradox, mm -hmm. which I was explaining to them what the yeah. grandfather paradox the was grandfather. literally just mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I, have an, I had an idea for a time travel story where it's made very clear that you can travel to the past and change things with the full understanding that you're not changing your current dimension. Mm -hmm. That you can only change the dimension that shoots off into another dimension. In order, and you can come back to your current dimension, but you can never change what you currently are in. So it's uh, essentially it's the many worlds theory. It's the many um, worlds and theory. jumping in between the two. Things. Now, granted, I will say this from a philosophical standpoint. I personally don't, and you know, people people have their opinions. My personal opinion is the multidimensional theory is purely that. Just mm -hmm. a theory. I do not personally believe in it. Mm -hmm. But from a fiction standpoint, it's got infinite possibilities. Sure. So I liked the idea of having a time travel element where you could time travel back in the past and use other dimensions as almost like a uh as almost like a uh 
hands-on experiment to see what could happen if we had done this mm -hmm. and learning from our current route. It's almost like giving yourself a simulation. What would my life have been like right. if I had? And then you'd add in all kinds of moral elements, like ethical questions into that mm -hmm. whole thing. It's like, well, if I go back and shoot this guy because he's my dick husband, mm -hmm. you know, but he's not actually my husband. Did I actually kill this guy? And he's like, well, no, he's from another dimension. But it's like, is it murder? You know, you can get all kinds of all kinds. So of, this sounds awesome, super boring. All, no, I, yeah. I'm going to say, fucking awesome, awesome premise. So, but now my question is, why tell it through sound? And what makes it what makes it interesting acoustically and sonically? That's that, yeah, that's that's a good question. Well, no, that's a that's a good question. Because um, I think you've got that that the the time travel. Um, moment, you've got yeah. a great opportunity for effects there. Um, do you alter the soundscape slightly in, in, the, in the travel way. dimension versus that one and make it, you know, either a little bit more echoey or, or something else? Right. You distinguish those well, two. Well, from a soundscape perspective, uh, there could be this element where I don't know if you ever watched the you know, sci-fi fan. I'm sure you have. Let's watch if you ever watched Sliders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, Sliders. Big great fan show. of great, great show. show. Mm -hmm. Infinite possibilities. That's one of them made it great. Um, sliders always had this thing where you go and they go into a different dimension where it was like everything was so screwed up. And of course, conveniently, they were only there for five minutes, mm -hmm. even though if they were there for even any longer, they'd all be dead. Right. But they were always there for a few minutes. So whatever. So if from a soundscape perspective, you could almost have it to where they've mastered the ability to stay within a certain parameter of dimensions. But if they go outside those parameters, everything starts to alter in in weird soundscape type ways that doesn't quite fit with this reality mm. you know um yeah it, it it could be anything it could be any number of oh, things you could do such great things with that that's, that's a that's a great i love that <laughs> yeah exactly. i love that you could really amp up the creep factor in that yeah. where like what what is what is the real definition of horror it's something you know really familiar that's slightly tweaked differently like yeah, blows your yeah, mind yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and being able to do that with sound a little bit in other dimensions is a great yeah. idea yeah that, that so, could be really cool yeah so that's the, that's I subscribe what, to that <laughs> yeah, I, want to, I want to hear that show yeah i mean right. it i want to hear that show all right all right maybe i'll maybe the other one i had was relatively recent it was kind of inspired a little bit by the guest we're having on in a few weeks because um, he talks a lot about reincarnation and things like that um it was it kind of has this element of uh if somebody had it's this is pure it's like more of like uh what's the word i'm looking for um it's just kind of a thought experiment where what if somebody could predict the future but the only thing they could predict was what was going to happen in their future life, and they never could verify that it was their actual future life they were predicting. They were always seeing visions of their future life, and they just think... Was it, is it my life, or is it another, gener it's my, another dimension, it, uh, another no, universe's me? No, like no, it's, it's this dimension. You're reincarnated every time you die. Oh. Your next life you come back to life as another incarnation. Okay. And this person, in this current reality, current time, this current, current incarnation. life, incarnation, this mm -hmm. current incarnation. He isn't sure if the visions are related to him sure or Isn't sure if it's related next. to anybody. He just knows that he's having these very vivid visions of something that looks very much like the future. 
So out of pure bottle in the ocean, he decides to write a letter to his future self, and his futures, and he requests that his future self has a past life regression so that their minds can meet up. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of an idea I have. Now, as far as soundscape, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. just a story I have. But, you know, it, there was actually an audio drama that had kind of the same element that was off of the Seeing Your Theater, which kind of inspired it. But it's a different spin on it. But it was his oh, version. Oh, about my, my version? His, the, the, the City of Dreams guy. Oh. It was actually J. Michael Straczynski. I don't know. He was actually yeah, wrote a lot of the Babylon 5 uh, yeah, stories. But he had an audio drama where it Where's dealt with reincarnation. Jump in. But anyways, um, for, a, for an actual episode, I think we almost need to end it. <laughs> because <laughs> we can have too much fun talking. I know. Yeah. It's like, okay, we, we can, can just we talk. We can sit here and talk till freaking... We could talk forever, but, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's... Well, listen, I wanted to really, truly thank you guys for having me here, not just, um, you know, for your incredible hospitality and warmth, but to to meet two people that are so passionate about this medium that, you know, I intend to give my life to and um, and have uh, great bread with people that are passionate about storytelling and about telling uh, stories that mean something and um, and really ask, uh, you know, I think what makes science fiction best and these questions that you're asking about time travel are really about, you know, what is the true nature of man? What is, you know, what is, what is our reality? You know, is, yeah. it, is it, you know, is it a, is there an afterlife? Is it not? And, and I think we can examine some of those questions in, in those stories. And, and those are, those are the stories we need to hear and they get us thinking. And it's so Absolutely. exciting to see you guys being passionate and more importantly, creating your own, be a creator. And that's, that's right. It's like, like, I'll just say that like, when my when Jonah introduced me to Biothic Chronicle, it's kind of a weird thing where it's like it actually has become a part of our life. Like I know it sounds so cheesy. <laughs> it does. It's really <laughs> annoying. I know it is. But, but we talk about it a lot. It's like it's almost <laughs> obnoxious. And we're like, we're forty one years old. And we're like, oh, what about that thing in Leviathan? Yeah. And we're like are we adults yet? Yeah. And it's like, and it's one of those weird things, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking, like, Christ, you know, like, I think those... Christoph's going to like show up thinking we're some kind of comic book nerds that are yeah, like, sitting... but that's, that's another point. It's I'm like, like, I, I do, was gonna I do bring construction for Pride Out Loud. I was, yeah, he does construction, but we're going to bring that up. I was like, I was like, well, there's, there's Star Trek nerds and there's, I mean, there's, there's Star Wars nerds, there's Trekkies. And then there's us. Potterheads. We're like the, the Leviathan nerds. The, we're, we're, we're like, like the nerds at the core in our minds. <laughs> externally expressive. We're like, fuck, we don't care about Star Wars. Like, we're talking about Leviathan. That's, that's what's going on. And so like, we got kind of really super nerdy about it. And we're like, because the thing is, the show is so heavy on what goes on in the actual human soul. It's not just a bunch of action shit. It's like, like the idea of being immortal, the idea of like, what does it mean to be an immortal? What does it mean to be, you know, and like to not choose that life. That's not, it's, it's amazing. It's like all these things that just make us as human beings, like really question what we're here for. And that's why we became so obsessed with it, because, like, 
Yeah, you can be over in space. Who gives a shit about space? That's dumb. Who cares? That's what Elon Musk does. Let him have Mars. Whatever, who gives a shit about that? What it's cares like, more about is like, what does it mean to be a human? Like, what does that mean to be a human? And I think that's what your show does, is it makes you question what does it mean to be human? And that's why it's so, we became such fans of it, and we bonded over it so much because we're like, we were in such, we were, our, our religious life was like, what does this mean to be human? And then we're mixing that in with your show, and it's like, it doesn't matter, I'm, I'm being no, we got, no, that's where we got to end it. on that note. I was like, please, you stick the landing. That was beautiful, man. That was what is, you had it. What, yeah, what, what, I don't want to say anything else. Right, right. It's too good what, is it, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to actually be like... Of course. Like, yeah. like, because I actually have some philosophical thoughts about this, is that... To be human is to remember that we actually are immortal. That's what being human is. To We've come here by choice to remember that we actually are immortal. And when we finally figure that out, then we can have fun. I like that. That's what we can do. <laughs> and like that's what Leviathan, the Leviathan Chronicles does, is it makes you realize it's like the immortals know they're immortal, but they, they, they have this sense of, they, they, it's hard to explain because like they're immortal, but they also know that they can die. But at the same time, it's like the real story is, well, we have to understand that we all are immortal. We are all immortal and they, and only the people in the Viathan finally realize that they are just like Evangeline knows her freaking role like yeah i'm an immortal and right. then we all remember it you know i'm sorry i'm I, I'm, I'm trying to overthink <laughs> no i think I, I think you're on you're on the right path because yeah, yeah. i you know that you know we're closing down but the I, the idea that as you have immortality that you would think life becomes cheaper because you're you have more abundance of it. Right. But actually the opposite happens where you try to cling on to it exactly. even tighter, maybe tighter than you should right. because you're so afraid of, of losing this thing that, that becomes all that you know. Because if, you if you are mortal, you're like, eh, we're all going to die. Anyway. But if you're, if you've given mortality, you're like, I have to hold on to this shit. It is. Like, and, and how often have we all seen stories of people that have either become incredibly famous and, or incredibly rich and then become incredibly unhappy or become oh, yeah. self-destructive or become, you know, right. have some psychosis yeah, I th be because of that. And I, I, I'm sorry, I was, I was just going to say, I think the way to sum it up, it, what both of you are kind of saying, the way I would sum it up is if you can't figure out what we're doing, what's so important about today, then what are you going to do with immortality anyways? That's I like how that. I would see it. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do tomorrow? Can't figure out mortality. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> anyways, thank you, Christoph. Christoph. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been fantastic. It's been, it's so been a great, great guys. show. Thank, thank you so, so much, much for having me. me. Yes, and thank you everybody for I, listening. It's going to be.
really hard to pop it. It, it is. <laughs> it is. And uh, which is fine, which is why we have podcasts, because people can just be like, we'll just tell everybody not to ever listen to this show and come back when we're out of up there, out of up. Joe Rogan be like, hey, we want to be on your show. And I'm like, uh, piss off. We have freaking Joe, like, Christoph LaPutt cut. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. All right. Well, not anyways, interested. thanks, everybody, for listening. And Thank uh, you, yeah. We totally. are signing out. So, And by the, the way... <laughs> Crystal Lepuska is on our show. <laughs> <laughs> and out. And out. Awesome, guys. You have been listening to the Leviathan Chronicles by Christoph Leputka. For more episodes and information, log on to www.leviathanchronicles.com.